You're listening to Stepping Stones of Faith. I'm Pastor Josh. I would like to invite you to embark with me on a journey, a journey of biblical study. Through practical application of the Word of God, it is my prayer that you grow in greater relationship with God through His Son, Jesus Christ. Please join me as we journey to the next Stepping Stone of Faith. Five, five, and I guess Ephesians 5, 5. For this you know that no sexually immoral and impure person or or one who is greedy who is a, who is an idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God and so see see Paul is dealing with rules for the new life in this section what are we supposed to do how are we supposed to live how are we supposed to uh, be better as far as Christians as far as people, if we are believers in God, do we really exercise that? Do we really exercise that? That is a question we have to answer. It's a question we've got to ask ourselves, isn't it? Do I really exercise the Word of God? I'm I'm a believer. You're a, hopefully you're a believer. Do you exercise what this Word says? This morning, very interesting. This morning, we were talking out of Romans chapter 11. And Romans chapter 11 is a very, very good passage of Scripture, good chapter. And we were talking about how what, what role Israel now plays in the kingdom of God and how so many people these, these days, they say things like, well, you know, uh, um, Israel has been replaced by the modern church. There's, there's there's a big thing about that going around, you know. But that but that's not so. That's not so. So Paul deals with that, and Paul talks about that. But it boils down. It all boils down. If you read that thing, if you read that chapter, and you look at it, and and you and you boil down why this remnant of Israel. Paul talks about a remnant of Israel, this remnant of Israel that was that was chosen by God. God has a remnant of Israel, okay, a remnant. Now, and, and what makes them the remnant is because they believe God and they choose to follow. God says it and they believe it. God says it and they follow it out, right? So that is what, that's what makes someone a part of the remnant. The rest, Paul says, they, they, didn't, they, didn't, they didn't get what they wanted out of it. They were doing a works-based type of thing. They were doing the sacrifices and they were doing all this stuff, but they did it out of tradition. They did it out of, uh, they did it out of obligation. They didn't do it out of anything, but that they didn't do it out of love. Why? It, it, it questions us. Why was, and, and I'm, and this, this, this will get back to Ephesians, but it questions us of why in Hebrews 11, if you read Hebrews 11, Abraham is part of that group of the heroes of faith. Why was Abraham part of the group of the heroes of faith? Because Abraham believed God and it was made so. If, if, you, look at, if you look at Abraham's, uh, the, the account of Abraham all his whole life, yeah, he had some, some issues. We all have issues, right? He had uh, Ishmael with his wife's handmaiden, okay? And then he was Sarah's handmaiden. Then he had Isaac. Then he had Isaac with 
Sarah. Isaac was the chosen one. You know, and then from that point on, you, you we we see uh, Abraham take to point his own his his love for his son, take to that point and 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 put his son on an altar, believing that if God were to tell him to slay his son, that God would raise him up again. That's how much he believed God. God said it. He believed it. So what makes them, what makes a remnant person versus one who isn't a remnant person? Just if you read Romans 11, read, read Romans 11. It, it talks about that. But if you, but what makes the difference is people who, who believe God, who, who know what God says and they believe it. That's what's important. You, 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 you take this word, any word in this, any, any chapter. We're in Ephesians 5. You take, you take Ephesians 5, you, you prayerfully consider it. You don't just read it. You prayerfully consider it. And you, and you put your soul's searchlight on the passage of Scripture that you're reading. And you, and, and you begin to dissect it. And, and what I do is I begin to dissect it and I say, what in this passage does God have for me? What does God have for me in this particular passage of Scripture? And so then I begin to ask myself these questions, like, like this right here. Like, for example, in, in, in verse 5, where it says, For this you know that no sexual immoral or impure person or one who is greedy, who is an idolater, has any, inher has any inheritance in the kingdom of God, Christ and of God. So immediately, because this is how I am, this is who I am, immediately I begin to think about, whoa, I need to, I need to do some soul searching. I need to do some, some searching in my own heart to, to figure out if I have, have any of this in my life. Because if I do, then I know that I will not be part of the kingdom of God. I've got to know within myself if I am pure before God, if I am pure before Christ. And, and how, do we, how do we get there? How do we do that? Very, very, very simple. You know, and, and, and that's what is so, that's what is so uh, baffling to me. I'm going to take a drink. But that's what's so baffling to me is when I am preaching the Word of God or I've read the Word of God, and it boils down to, to a very simple thing. If God said it, I need to believe it. If God said it, I need to believe it. I need to be I need to be believing what God says. I need to be believing it. If if you know because if you have that kind of an attitude and something like this happens where where there is, you know, where it talks about idolatry and greediness and if greediness is even a word, but gr being greedy and having and being idolatrous and things like that. If you Turn your searchlight on yourself, and God says, "Yes, you have a problem with this. Yes, you has a problem with that." Now, the person who is full of God would say, "You know what, God? If you see it, then I need to change it, and I need to fix it, and I need to turn it around, and I need to, and I need to be better than I am right now." That's how, what that's what it means. That's what it's all about. You see, we we think about these things, and and that's how I do it. I mean. You can do however you want to do, but that's how I do it. That's what I do. I turn the searchlight on myself, and I say, you know what? I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to pray, I'm, and if I need to change something, 
I'm going to try my best to change it. I'm going to change it. That's, that's, what, that's what is so important to me as a believer and as a person. Am I going to change it? If God says to change it, will I change it? You know, and that's and that's the question. And because if God says it, you know, it goes right down to that thing. If God says it, do I believe it? If God says it, do I believe it? If God said, if God God said to Abraham, go and slay your son, put your son on the altar. He believed it. He went through with it. Isaac was on the altar. He was getting ready to kill him. He that's how much he believed God. God said it. He believed it. And in his heart, he knew that, that his son was the promise, and God does not give up on his promises. Right? I mean, so if, if, if God said it, we must believe it. We must believe it. If God speaks something to your heart, and, and, and we, we all struggle with what God speaks to our heart, and we all struggle with situations, but God brings back those things, and God says that we are to then believe him. We are to believe him. And if we believe him, then we are our faith is growing. Our faith is growing where faith is to grow. So let's go on, starting at verse 6. I, I, I don't believe we went down verse 6. Verse 6 is a new section, so I don't believe we went to verse 6. But let me take a drink. It says... Excuse me, but this new this new format's got me all messed up a little bit. But it says it says, "Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not be partakers with them." That's very very. We're going to go kind of like verse by verse because that that's a very powerful passage. Very powerful passage because it talks about who we hang around with. Who do I hang around with? Let no one deceive you with empty words. Empty words, you know. What's empty words in the 21st century? You know, pipe dreams, things like that. Actions speak louder than words. If somebody says something to you, but their actions do not match up their words, that's empty words. Don't be deceived by empty words. For because, for because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience. Because of the things that we spoke about in verse 5, the greedy, the disobedient, the impure, the immoral, all of these things, because, of, because when you have those things, that automatically that automatically produces disobedience. It's like sin. I was talking to someone today, and I have this. Disagree with me if you want to, but I have this uh, problem with the legalization of marijuana for medical purposes. I have a. I have I, I disagree with that in the state of Illinois. That's what we do. I disagree with that. I think that is very, very, very wrong. And and not everybody agrees with me. And and that's fine. That that's perfectly fine. But I disagree. I, I, I have a problem with that. And the reason I have a problem with that is simply this. Okay. The state, the 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 state government or whoever that league, you know, whether it's a state thing or a federal thing. 
it's legalized. They give you a card. You know, you can go and you it's regulated. You go on, which people say, oh, that's a good thing. Then you can know for sure that it's pure and blah, 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 blah. Okay. But I have, I have a problem with that because what's happening here is the government is now getting compensation for your addiction. That, that, is, that, is, a, that is a problem. That is a problem. Now, now I'm not I'm not being political here by any means, but I say that because, you know, we we have all of these promises and all of these things, you know, for these people that are greedy and that are idolaters, and you know that, that this kind of stuff is going to be a problem. Greediness, look, that's greedy. Playing off of someone's addiction to get a kickback, that's greedy. That's greedy. That's not being helpful. That's greedy. Where's the money going to put all these things together where we can then uh, where we can then put up these uh, treatment centers to get people off of the drugs instead of capitalizing on the fact that they're addicted? Where, where's that money? And see, that's where the greedy part comes in. That's where the greedy part comes in. The impure and the greedy. That's what that. That's what that is. And and they have no place. People that are like that, regardless of who they are and what they do. Um, people that are like that, that are greedy or impure, or sexually immoral. They have no place in the kingdom of God. Therefore, we should back away from those types of things. Do not be partakers. Do not let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of these things, the wrath of God. The wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience. So, you know, we 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 can mask things like this as 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 helping, as whatever, but it's still disobedience. And God's wrath will still be upon those institutions. I'm I'm sorry. I'm not being political here. I'm trying not to be political here, but these are these are things that that bother me that bother me. And, you know, as a nation, as a nation, and I've said this from the pulpit, and I still believe it, as a nation, God, is, God has lifted his wrath or gave us a reprieve from his wrath, and yet, that as a nation, we spit in his face. And that is a problem. And guess what? The wrath of God is upon, will be upon those who disobey. They will. It will. There is no, just because we make it right, just because we say it's right or pass laws or what to, to make it right, doesn't mean it's right, right in God's eyes. Doesn't mean it's right with God. That doesn't mean that at all. See, we, we say whatever we want to say. We say we, we pass laws because whatever we want to come to pass. What does God say? What does God say? He says that those that are greedy, impure, sexually immoral, they have no place, and the wrath is upon them. So we need to, that, that's why I say we turn the light upon ourselves. Do I, am I am I am I partaking in anything? Am I allowing things in my life that that would cause God's wrath to be upon me? You see, that's how I look at things.
That's how I look at my own situations. That's how I look at my own life. Am I that way? Do I do I do I do that? Do I uh, do I allow things that cause God to want to put put wrath on my life more than what God wants to do with my life, blessing me? Okay. So these are things we have to think about. These are things we have to think about when it comes to our life and how we live it. It, it, it is really just that simple. You read the Word of God, you study the Word of God, then you apply the Word of God, and it works. It just works, right? Now, for you were formerly darkness. Now, he is not at all, Paul is not at all discounting or, or you know, saying that they were always okay. He says they were formerly darkness. They weren't in darkness. They were darkness. There's a big difference there. For you were formerly darkness. Not that you were in darkness. Not that you were Christians who were walking in the fellowship of darkness. No, you were darkness. But now you are light in the Lord. Now you're light in the Lord. You were dark. See, I was dark. We all are dark prior to Jesus. We all are dark. We all deserve wrath. We all deserve condemnation. We all deserve all of those things. We do. We all deserve it. If you say you don't deserve it, then you got another thing coming. If, if, you, if you are... Uh, uh, a person who is not a believer, but say you say that you have you you have all the blessings of God without the the benefit of being a believer, you're sadly mistaken. God God has particularly lined out. If you're not a follower of Christ, you're an enemy of God. If you're not a follower of Christ, you have amnesty with the Father. If you're not a follower of Christ, you are your destination is apart from him for eternity in hell. That is your destination. God God be with you that you turn your life to him. Now, you were formerly darkness. We were darkness. I was dark. You were dark. You are dark. Maybe you're not maybe you're not a follower yet. You are darkness. If you are not a follower, you are darkness. You are an enemy of God. You have amnesty with the Father. And the only way to fix that is a relationship with Jesus Christ. That's it. How do you do that? How do you get there? You you bow, bow the knee. You bow the heart. You say, God, forgive me. And you go from there. You go from there. And he says, now you are light in the Lord. That's how we become light in the Lord. If we, are, if we are not a believer, we are darkness. We're darkness. We become light in the Lord by asking Jesus to forgive us our sin, cleanse us from all unrighteousness, and walk with us every day and help us to be better than we are right now. That's how we become light in the Lord. That's the only way. That is the only way. Now, let's go on here. Walk as children of light. Walk as children of light. Children, uh, he uses this word because Jesus in the gospel says 
that if you not if, if you don't become like one of these, you can't enter the kingdom of heaven. Why? What is so important about children? Well, it comes down to that belief. Children, I have children, and I play tricks on them all the time, and they believe me up until the point I tell them I'm joking. Now, there's going to be a point in time when they're going to be like, well, you know, y'all don't believe you, you know, because I joke around with them all the time. But that children of light be like a child, have a childlike faith. If God says it, you believe it, and you follow through with it, because God's the one that said it. That's what a child, that's what a child's faith is like. That's what a child's belief is like that's what a child is is most in what a child does a child believes a child just just believes god and that's it and so we have to understand that that child walk as children of light walk in that belief in what god has said and god is doing walk in that belief walk in that life of god don't be a don't be darkness anymore Walk as a child of light. If God said it, you believe it, and you're going to follow it, and that's it. That's how we have to do these things. That's how we have to think. That's how we have to we have to believe, right? Now, he goes on. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth. Now, Galatians 5. He's referring... He's, He's referencing the, the fruit of the Spirit. Galatians chapter 5 talks about the fruit of the Spirit. Now, 522.23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and self-control against such things there is no law. Those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and lusts. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not be conceited, provoking one another and envying one another. Now, the fruit of the Spirit, Ephesians 5, Galatians 5. Ephesians 5, Galatians 5, they talk about the fruit of the Spirit in both chapters. Now, he says, the fruit of the Spirit, uh, he says, is all goodness and righteousness and truth, proving what is pleasing to the Lord. Jesus was the embodiment. Jesus was the fruition of the fruit of the Spirit. He was the embodiment of all of it. And so therefore, we must then do that which God wants us to do, be the fruit of the, have the fruit of the Spirit working in our lives. And we're not going to do that without, we're not going to have the fruit of the Spirit working in our lives without a relationship with God. Without a relationship with God, we're not going to have the fruit of the Spirit working in our life. We have to have that. He says, he says, do not be darkness, but be walking as light and having the fruit of the Spirit working in your life and walking and moving in your life. Have that going on. Have that going on, right? That's what he says. That's what he says. And he goes on and he says this. It's pleasing to the Lord. You know, it says in there also in Hebrews that it is without faith, it is impossible to please God. So this all comes down to the faith that brings about the belief that Jesus 
wants us to do. And if we have the faith to believe it and we carry it out, that is what's pleasing to God. That's what this comes down to, right? That's what this really boils down to. If we have the faith to believe and trust God, that's what pleases God. Because it says in Hebrews, without faith it is impossible to please God. With God, if we have faith and we trust and we believe, he will be pleased with you and I. Now, it says, And do not have fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. Now, hold on. Now, somebody might say, hold on, wait a second. So you're saying I'm not supposed to witness? No, that's not what I'm saying. That's not what I'm saying. I know that that's what that sounds like because, you know, when you witness, you witness to people who are not believers. So is that the unfruitful works of darkness? Well, yeah, yeah, it is. But is that what God meant by saying that? No. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. In other words, here's what, here's what, Somebody, somebody said to me one time, and I think it's important to point this out in concerning this passage of Scripture. Now, having no fellowship with the unful, unfruitful works of darkness works like this. Okay, God calls certain people to certain ministries. Now, certain ministry ministries and certain people minister in different ways. And there are people who are called by God to go into the bars and minister to the drunks or minister to those who are drinking. Okay, there are people that God calls to do that, people that are strong enough that they're not going to get sucked into the alcoholism and the gossip and the carousing and the, all of that. There are people that God calls that are strong enough to deal with that, but not everyone's called to that. Not everyone can do that. Not everyone can put themselves in that situation and be successful, but there are certain people that can, okay? And those people can do that without being having fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, meaning that it doesn't become part of who they are, right? It doesn't become part of who they are. It doesn't become part of their life. It doesn't become part of their characteristic, right? If we have fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, in some cases, those things become part of who you are. But then that becomes more than just an unfruitful work of darkness. For you, it then becomes an iniquity. And then an iniquity becomes a sin. We, we see James chapter 1. James chapter 1. Let's go to James chapter 1. And we did this last, I think, a couple of weeks ago. James chapter 1. And he talks about the, the, the idea that the, the birth of sin in a person's life and how that takes place. James chapter 1. I couldn't find it right off the bat. I thought I had it underlined in there, but I don't. But but see, understand that it, there, there's a process. It becomes, you know, you try to do good, and then you're caught up into stuff, and you get unfruitful works of darkness. It becomes an iniquity, and then it, the iniquity begins to grow, and it becomes sin, and gives, the sin begins, begins birth to death. Those kinds of things is what we're talking about here how that can have a problem. You know, like, for me, I can witness to somebody who is a drinker. Would I go into a bar and do it? I'm not called to that, so I wouldn't do that. I do what God has called me to do. See, 
so many people get so zealous with with the with the truth which is which is which is a good thing it's a good thing to be zealous with the truth of god it's really a good thing and but but some people rush into situations and it becomes an issue it becomes a problem they don't spend time with god finding out what their calling is what their what their what their specific area of ministry god wants to, them to work into right and if you don't do that this is what happens you get caught up into a situation you get caught up into a circumstance where you're 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 having fruit you're having fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness which then becomes a problem for you becomes a sin it becomes an iniquity and then you're far away from god so you have to know what god wants you to do and how god wants you to do it now we have to move on it says it says don't have fellowship with them but instead expose them expose those unfruitful works of darkness in other words uh instead of if if you are called to working with someone let's just say going into the bars and talking with those that are drinking let's just say you're called to do that if you are uh exposing them you're not saying hey you know what you're a sinner that's not what you're saying but what you're saying is you know jesus you know that person you'd lovingly say you know jesus has better for you jesus doesn't want you to do this Jesus loves you. Jesus cares about you. He wants you to be more than you are right now. Please turn your heart back to Jesus and allow him to do that, which you want to do. You know, those, those kinds of things. You're exposing that. And you're not accusatorily saying you're a sinner and you're going to hell. And, you know, in, in some places, that is, that is warranted. But that's only for God to decide that I were to do that or not to do that. In in some places, that is a warranted thing. But God would want us to also be 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 sensitive to those around us and what they what God would want us to do in that situation. Okay, so understand that we are to expose them. Say, you know, these these things are bad for you. These things these things that you're doing, you you are you are pulling yourself farther and farther away from Jesus Christ and and he 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 can still reach you but it's going to be more difficult for you to get back to God it's going to be more difficult for you to 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 get back to where you're supposed to be if you don't follow Jesus if you're not following the Lord those kinds of things those kinds of things now you're exposing them in that kind of a attitude and that kind of a love you're exposing them you're not you're not saying you're going to be a sinner you're you're a sinner you're going to hell although in some cases that does that is that is proper but not in every case and not in all cases but to understand that uh you're exposing them by saying these are bad for you these things are bad for you god god doesn't like this you know you're not it's not going to help you in any way god loves you God wants you to be better than you are right now. God wants you to grow in grace and knowledge of his word. God wants you to do these things. And in these actions and practices, that is not going to happen for you. We've got to be honest. We've got to be loving. We've got to be loving. Okay? And so then he goes on and he says, For it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret, but all things are exposed when they are revealed by the light. For everything that becomes visible is light. So it is shameful 
Now, I, I take this to mean, I, I maybe I'm wrong, but this is my speculation. I take this to mean gossip. You know, we, we, we talk about other people, and we love to do it. You ever, you ever see a prayer request? You ever have, you ever have a time in your church where it's a, a, a praise request time or a prayer, prayer, prayer request time, praise report time? And, and we have that in our church. We call it our sharing time. And we share praises and prayer requests, and then we pray over all of them. But you ever be in those kind of, you ever been in those kinds of situations where you're in that situation and then this person, whoever it might be, goes into this long dissertation about, did you know this person did this and this person did that and this turned into this and I don't know what's going on with them but they're doing this now and they're doing that now and and now now their kids are doing this and they're doing that and and it becomes a long drawn out situation and it's more of a gossip setting in that aspect than just a prayer request. That's shameful. That's shameful. That's what we're talking about when so that's shameful. We are to lift others up, build others up. James chapter 3, verses 1 through 12 talk about the tongue and taming the tongue. And with the tongue, we can tear people down or we can lift people up. And it depends on how we use our tongue. And those kinds of things, those kinds of gossip requests, those things are shameful to God. They're shameful. Now, but all things are exposed when they are revealed by the light for everything that becomes visible is light. Therefore, he says, awake you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. You know, also in, in, in uh, Romans chapter 11, which I, I really I really like, this kind of coincides, it's so cool that this coincides with Romans chapter 11. It, it is so cool that this, uh, that's what's so awesome about the word of God, you know. But, but look at Romans chapter 11 with me. And I'm going to read you this passage. And I find it so amazing that this is, that this is uh, part of it. Listen, listen to what he says. He's talking about Israel being like we talked about at the beginning of this. He's talking about Israel here, and he says, As it is written, God has given them a spirit of slumber, eyes that would not see and ears that would not hear to this very day. He's talking about, um, he's talking about um, one of the prophets. I'm not, it doesn't say here, I don't think. But then he says, David says, Let their table become a snare and a trap, a stumbling block of retribution to them. Let their, eye, let their eyes be darkened that they may not see and always bow down, always bow down their backs. Now, Ephesians 5, awake you who sleep. Romans 11, God has given them a spirit of slumber. Those who choose not to follow God, he's given them a spirit of slumber. Ephesians, Paul is saying, wake up, wake up. You who are in that slumber, wake up. Arise from the dead. Arise from this, this, this hardness, this slumber, this, this, this uh, lethargy that you have in God. Arise up, and God will give you light. Arise up. Turn away. Turn. Listen. 
turn away from all of that, turn away from it, and wake up, and God will give you light. God will give you light. Turn to Jesus. He'll give you light. And that is so much for us today. How many times do we sit around our, our homes or our jobs and we, and we get so comfortable in our situation that we just, we don't care anymore? How often? How often? Paul says, awake you who sleep. Get out of being comfortable and be, and be, be active, you know, being growing, moving, you know. Don't be a green, nasty swamp sitting there dead. Be a river of living water. Grow grace and knowledge of God, right? Christ will give you light. Christ will give you the ability to get going and get moving. Christ will do that. Christ does that. He's the only one that does. Listen, it's not this, although this helps. It's not this that gives us the light that we need. It's not, the, it's not this that gives us the energy we need. Christ gives us that. Christ gives us that ability. Christ does. Not this. Not our coffee. Although we, we love coffee. We love caffeine. I love caffeine. Believe me. Caffeine helps me keep going. I love caffeine. But it's not going to give me the, the ability to be a better Christian. Okay, it's not going to be, it's not going to give me the ability to be a better Christian. He says, he says, Christ will give you light. Christ will give you the ability to share the word of God with others. Christ will give you the ability to, to love those who are unloved, that you consider unlovely. Christ will give you the ability. You know what, you know, one of the things that I, I think is so important. Here's what I think is important. Okay. I believe that if we truly if we truly follow God and we truly do that which God wants us to do, if we truly apply this word and we truly apply the things of God, we truly are doing that and we truly are, we, we truly are studying the word and applying the word, if we truly are doing that, this thing, you know, this, this whole adage, you know, uh, I have to love them, but I don't have to like them. I talked about that this morning. I believe that if we are doing this specifically this, and we're applying the word of God and we're doing that which God wants us to do and we're working and we're doing that which God wants us to do and we're doing those things, I believe in my heart that God would give us not only a love for those people, but, the, but an, an ability to see them through his eyes that we would like them as people and build relationships. It's just that simple. It's just that simple. You know, and, 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 and we complicate this whole relationship thing. We complicate the Christian walk, you know, but it's that simple. If God said it, you believe it, you keep moving, right? He gives you light. You look to him for light. You look to him for, for peace, joy, mercy, all those things. You look to him for all of that. He'll give it to you. He will. He goes on. See then that you walk carefully, not as fools, but as wise men making the most of the time because the days are evil. How much time do we do? I mean, really, do we, do we make the best of our daily life? You know, if you think about it, I think we can all grow. I know I can grow 
in that situation? Do I really, do I really, um, me personally, do I really make the most of my every day? I'm trying, I'm trying, but it's hard. It's a difficult thing and it's something that we all deal with, but we have to try. We have to try. Do you make the most of it? Do you do you try to work for God to the best of your ability every single day? You know, we get up in the morning and we plant our feet on the floor and we sit up in our bed. Some of us go, oh, oh like I do, you know, and you put your feet on the floor. And in that moment, you have to, you have to make a choice. Am I going to serve myself or am I going to serve God? And if I'm going to serve God, then I have to make the most of my day for the purposes of God, right? That's what's important. That's what's important. We need to make our days count. Because we're only given so many days on this earth. So every day has to count. Every day has to count. He goes on, he says, Therefore do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Understand God's will. Understand God's will. James also talks about the the will of God. James is a great book. We studied it here. Uh, last, I think the last book we studied was James. But James is a good study. I did it on YouTube. You can look You can look at the YouTube playlist. There's a whole playlist of the book of James. Uh, there's other books too. We did, a, I, we, we did Ephesians and Galatians. You can do those uh, as well. You can look those as well. But James talks about this. He talks about, you know, we say sometimes we're going to go here, we're going to go there, we're going to plant, we're going to make a living. But what does the Lord will? It is important to know the Lord's will. Does God want me to do this? Does God want me to do that? It's important to know God's will. Do we understand what God wants from us? Do I know? Do I know? See, this uh, This is me again, turning the mirror upon myself. Do I know the will of God for me as an individual? That's a question we all should ask ourselves. Do I know the will of God? And if I'm unsure am I, or if I'm uncertain, that means that says one thing to me. That says one thing to me personally. Then I need to get on my face before God and I need to figure out what the will of God is. If I'm unsure, then I need to figure it out. I need to figure it out. That's what that means. That's what that means to me. And, if, and, if, and that's what it should mean to all of us, right? Now, he goes on. He goes on. And we're going to quit here at verse 20. We'll, we'll stop at verse 21. But he's, we're going on here. And he says, uh, Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of God is. Do not be drunk with wine, for that is reckless living, but be filled with the Spirit. Now, I'm not going to get into this whole situation of my feelings about being about drinking alcohol. My The short answer is I believe it's wrong in any form. I believe it's wrong. That's the short answer. There's a big theological reason why I believe that. But I'm not going to get into that, okay? But it is wrong, in my opinion. In any form, to drink alcohol is wrong, in my opinion. And there's a theological reason for that. And there's, there's theological reasons and, and scripture to back up my position. But I'm not going to get into that right now. Now, but he says, do not be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. Why would he say not to be drunk with wine? Well, because we open ourselves up to things 
that are ungodly. We open ourselves up and we give ourselves over to something which takes control, and the alcohol takes control. The alcohol can take control, and we know this. You know, listen, I grew up in an alcoholic's home. That's part of my belief, but it's not really the whole thing. There's a theological reason, but alcohol has never done anybody any good. If you if you imbibe in alcohol, you have the risk of physical harm to your body. Some of the, well, you know, here and there, you know, in moderation, it still builds up. Medically speaking, it builds up. Now, understand that there is a theological reason, but when we are drunk on wine, if we are drunk on other things in our life, we're opening ourselves up to something else to give. We are giving control to something else. We're giving control to something else other than God, and that is always a bad thing, plain and simple. Okay, we are to be filled with the Spirit. Would you want to have God have control of you, whether than someone else, whether than some something else or some other thing? I would want God to be in control of me, because I know God has my best interest at heart. I know God loves me, and I know God wants me to be better right now than I am, or better tomorrow than I am today. Right? So God is got my best interest at heart. So I want to have him in control of me, not anything else or anyone else, right? Can, can I get an amen on that one? Now, speak to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your hearts to the Lord. Give thanks always with all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, being submissive to one another in the fear of God. That's what it means to walk in the new life. Right there. Speak to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Speak to one another in a loving manner. Speak to one another in a in a graceful manner. Extend mercy. Extend grace. Extend love to one another. I'm telling you what society needs to hear this. Society needs to, 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 to hear this. Speak to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making a melody in your hearts to the Lord. If you're happy, if you're if you're if things are going well for you and you are happy, you are going to be joyful. You're going to be singing in your heart to the Lord. You're going to be joyful. You know, there's a lot of times my kids uh, probably think I'm crazy. They've never told me this, but I I end up singing songs all the time. Like in the shower, I'll sing. You know, a lot of us are shower singers. We think we sing great in the shower. But, uh, you know, just just uh, just the other day, the, this morning I was singing something too. I don't remember what it was. But the other day I was doing something. The joy, joy unspeakable and full of glory, full of glory, full of glory. It is joy unspeakable and full of glory all the half has never yet been told 
I go around, went around singing that one day because I had that in my heart. I had that in my heart. I had that in my mind. I had that in my spirit. And I was singing it. And, you know, there are things like that, you know, singing songs and hymns and spiritual songs, being, a, being an encouragement to one another. Society needs to hear these things, man. They really do. You don't have to be a Christian to be an encouragement. You know, look at look at one of the, one of the greatest examples of encouragement is was 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 Fred Rogers. You you look at his ministry, look at his life. He was an encouragement to people. He was an encouragement to me as a child. He's touched millions of lives because he was encouraging. He was a Christian. He was a believer. He was a minister. But he was a Christian, and, and he was encouraging others in their life, making them feel important and making them feel loved and making them feel... That's what we should be doing. Being an encouragement to one another. That's what we're supposed to be doing. Give thanks always, he says in the last verse of this section. Give thanks always for all things God the Father to God the Father in the, the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. James, again, I always quote James, but James again says this. He says that everything good comes from above. If you have something good in your life, if you have something good in your life, something that you, you, you think is good, that you love, that you care about, if you have that in your life, know that God gave it to you. You didn't earn it on your own accord. You didn't earn it on your own way of thinking. God gave it to you, and he gave you the good thing. So to be thankful to God, be thankful to God for the good things. Be thankful to him for the good things. God is a good God. Give thanks always for all things. You know, for all things, you know, you think about that for all things. You think about, well, okay, so I should be, be thankful to God for the trial that I'm going through? Well, maybe not for the trial, but maybe for the fact that God is with you through the trial. And then when you're through the trial and you're done with it, then you can be thankful for the trial because then the trial made you better. Trial made you better. You know, if you if you go through something, if 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 you train for something, let's say you train for a marathon and you run 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 and you run, and you run you'll end up with sore muscles, sore joints. Uh, you'll be fatigued. You'll get winded. You'll have all these things. It'll be horrible. It'll be painful. But, but years or, or whatever, months of training for a marathon or whatever, and you run that marathon and you go farther than you went the last time, you'll thank your, you'll, you'll thank your lucky stars and thank God that you trained for it because you went farther than you did the last time. You were better for, to that, you were better for that training ground than you were before. God uses our trials as a training ground in some cases, and God uses those things to make us better so that we can minister to other people and we can bring people to a place of understanding of his word and understanding of the mercy in which he gives. He gives us more mercy than we'll ever understand. He gives us more love than we'll ever under be able to comprehend. Until we see him, we won't understand it. We can't understand it. But he gives us those things. 
He gives us those things. And he says in the very last verses, being submissive to one another in the fear of the Lord. That doesn't mean I'm your boss. I got to tell you what to do. But that does mean that we are to be submissive in the Lord. If, if I am submissive to you, what that means for me is if God has a word for me through you, then I have to be submissive to you as you are submissive to God. Same way as if I have a word for someone, maybe it's an admonishment or something like that. Maybe it's a, a disciplinary action, which I've had to do in the past. I don't enjoy doing it, but I've had to do it. The person that is being disciplined, whether it be myself or somebody else, has to then understand that God is the head of the whole thing. I have to be submissive to God as that person is submissive to God and submissive to that person's authority. So in being submissive submissive to one another, we are also we are more than being submissive to one another. We're being submissive to the authority of God and the authority that God places upon the believer. Okay? So we have to be submissive to one another, submissive to God. Does that make sense? You know, I hope I hope this makes sense. I hope I hope you get a lot out of these. I get a lot out of this stuff. I really do. And I really enjoy doing these studies. And I really enjoy ministering to you through these studies and what God does in them. I really enjoy it. I hope that uh, you enjoyed tonight with the new microphone, new audio. I hope I came across a lot more clear. I hope that uh, you were able to understand what I'm saying in the whole through the whole thing and that God blessed you through it. I really praise God for you. I really do. I think you all are very special people who take the time every Sunday night to sit here with me and study the Word of God. I really appreciate that, and I really love you for it. And I and I really appreciate the support in the past. It's almost been a year we've been doing this. And so I really appreciate each and every one of you for sticking with me and doing that which we're doing here, studying books of the Bible. And so remember... If you want to leave a comment, a prayer request, or a praise report throughout the week, if you don't want to remember for Sunday night, but you want to go ahead and leave your prayer request and your praise report, you can do that now on the on the message center, the Stepping Stones of Faith Message Center. It's 815-348-9629. That's 815-348-9629. You can leave a comment, a prayer request, a praise report, all there. I check them on a regular basis. And it is not my personal cell phone number. You will not get me. You will just get the message center unless I am live. Like right now, I am live. You could call me right now, and I would probably I would probably get the call live on the on on the air. But in 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 uh, in that case, don't call me right now. But in that case, if you have a prayer request or praise report uh, that you want to put out there. Go ahead and do that on that phone number, 815-348-9629, 815-348-9629. Leave it on there. I'll take it down. I'll write it down. I'll have it in my little notebook, and we'll talk about it. We'll pray about it. Now, understand, I want you to indicate something for me. I want you to indicate if you leave it, if you leave a prayer request, you need to indicate whether you want that to be private 
or you want that to be public because it will be used on this particular platform. If you say, share it out there, if you say this is a public prayer request, it will be used in Claytonville United Brethren for prayer time. It will be used here on the Sunday night Bible study. It will be used in my personal prayer time. So indicate public or private. If it is private, it will remain private. I will write it down and pray for you privately. It will not go beyond what you left me in the message if you indicate that, but you must indicate that. If you do not indicate uh, public or private, then it will remain private. I will assume that it is private unless you tell me otherwise, okay? So remember that when you do that because I, I don't want you to feel or anyone to feel that their business is being put out on the Internet if they don't want it to be there, okay? So put that into perspective and let me know when you leave them, that you want it to be public or private, okay? Just putting that out there. God love you. God minister to you. God touch your life. Also, this week, tomorrow, look for the uh, new podcast for uh, Anchor.fm. It is going to be on holiness. What's holiness mean? We're going to be talking about that next uh, tomorrow morning, 9 o'clock. Will be video and audio at the exact same time, 9 a.m. And about 9 a.m. when it's going through, I'll be doing more videos and more audio. But I understand that that's coming out tomorrow, and that's going to be doing that too. So, God be with you. God bless you. Take care of one another. Be an encouragement to one another. God bless you. Let's go ahead and pray as we end, shall we? Father, we thank you for this night. Thank you for your blessing. Thank you for your grace and your mercy. Father, I pray that you'd touch each and every one that watched tonight, that you'd bless them by your spirit, you'd give them strength, you'd minister to them, give them peace and grace and mercy and joy tonight. And Lord, we thank you for that. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen.